All right. Welcome everybody back to the Female Footballers Podcast. My name is Cassie Gray and I am your host and I'm so excited. It's a new year. Happy new year. It's 2022. And we are back with our first episode of the year. We have some of our staff members on today to discuss a really important and exciting topic. So I'd like to introduce Haley Lucas, our mentor director. Go ahead and say hi. Hi there. We have Kira Scalercio who's here. She's one of our mentors. Hi. And Rachel Mersick who's here. She does some of our digital creation and was also a mentor. Hi. And we are here to discuss um, feedback. So the end of 2021, many players, whether you're a club player or collegiate player, you go through uh, player evals or exit interviews, or even just at the end of sort of a break in a season, uh, there's time to do some reflection. So anytime you have time to reflect um, and you're given some feedback, we wanna discuss um, how players interpret and internalize that feedback and how to apply it into that next season or after that break. And um, we want to start by kind of discussing us as players and how we we did that, go into kind of um, how we were able to apply it, and then kind of give you guys as the listeners some tips on how to take some of that critical feedback and turn it into a positive. So why don't we start with you, Haley? Let us know how you interpreted feedback as a player. So I think the feedback process can always be a little daunting, at least from a formal evaluation standpoint. I remember as a younger player kind of being um, intimidated by like a number system, because I think that's a lot of how evaluations, um, I don't know, I haven't done a youth player evaluation in a long time, so maybe they've evolved a bit. Um, But having that conversation with a coach um, and receiving feedback where it's rated by number um, was always kind of a little difficult um, for me to kind of interpret. So I think the best part about getting that feedback was also having a conversation with my coach. And at a younger age, that was encouraged by my parents because of course they can give their opinion of how I'm playing or interpret um, the feedback I'd received, but they really encouraged me at a young age to form an open line of communication with my coaches and maybe get a better understanding of where that coach is coming from at the youth level. So that made it a little bit better. Um, Getting player evaluations at camps as well, that was kind of a constant. And then in college, um, we kind of used a number system a little bit, but not too much. And by that time, I really formed a a good line of communication with my coaches to where I could kind of talk about these things more openly and maybe discuss them at a little bit deeper of a level. So I think that as you get older and you mature, you have a better understanding of what uh, or what um, feedback to take and how you can interpret it in a way that improves your game rather than kind of seeing it as a daunting experience. Absolutely. And I think that um, you, all three of you actually on this call are, are a lot younger than me. And I think that the way that coaches have evaluated in, um, in different ways has changed over time. And I think it also depends on the level you play the club that you're in or the college that you're at. Um, So you're getting a variety of different types of feedback. Like you said, the number system, I didn't have that. Um, And so I wanna hear more from all of you on sort of how you interpreted feedback or what types of feedback you got as a player. So Kira, will you you go next? Yeah, absolutely. So as a coach, I've written a lot of player feedback in the last decade or so. And I think it's really important to recognize um, as a player, that coaches are giving you feedback to help you. 
And it's really easy to focus on the critical pieces, but make sure that you take in the information as a whole. Um, there will be positive pieces. All of us have things to work on. So it's important to grasp that information, take the information in um, and put it to use, put it to work. So if you get something that might be a little bit critical, uh, taking that information and trying to um, trying to process it in a way that's positive for your game. Um, as a player, uh, in getting player feedback, at first, you know, it's it is daunting. Like Haley said, it's daunting to get that feedback because it's vulnerable. It's a space where you're being told things um, that you need to be working on, and so taking that that information in, um, processing it, using that information, taking time with it and um and putting it to your game to make yourself better is the space you want to exist in absolutely and we fully agree how about you Merce? what did you how did you interpret feedback as a player or you know any of that um yeah i mean my experience was really similar i think we all had you know these daunting evals whether they were at the end of a camp or end end of a year and you know, I think in terms of like, I, I just want to put some advice out there is the more that as a player and as coaches, we can split up feedback throughout the year makes it something that's valuable and working on maybe by the week, maybe by the month. But as these, we have these like end of year, end of camp things, and it becomes this like very large chunk of information and so I would say if you have a coach that's, you know, we want coaches obviously to have this in their, in their wheelhouse, but going up to your coach, you know, maybe when you have a chance, you know, throughout the year and saying, Hey, what's something I can work on. And actually I'd, I'd even, I would stick away from the general questions. If you can come up to your coach with things that are specific, like, Hey, I'm not scoring as much as I'd like to what is something I can do when I'm on the right side of the field, you know, to get more shots on goal, like having these detailed goals slash detailed questions will allow the coach to kind of have, you know, maybe just better feedback rather than, Hey, what can I work on? I want to get more playing time. Cause that just, it comes off as a lot of information. Um, so that's something that I wish I would have done as a youth more and maybe had the guidance to, 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 um, put those things into my game. Um, and just in general, um, kind of what feedback you're soaking in a lot of times evals, you know, coaches are told, Hey, these are things that you need to work on. And sometimes we miss the positives. And I think just, just embrace it. You know, like these are things that coaches want you to get better at or want us to get better at. Um, and it's not like, it's not supposed to be critical. I think, you know, Kira, you touched on it. Like it's usually can be a critique of your game and it's just embracing it and trying to put it back in there into your game is something that coaches kind of want to see. So, yeah. No, I totally agree. When I think, so like I said, being older than all of you guys, I, when I was a player, the whole ID camp thing was kind of new. It wasn't something that a lot of players were going to. Um, ODP was still like the main thing that you would go to to be seen by collegiate coaches and those types of tournaments. So that was the only time I received player evaluations. And um, it wasn't until I think my state team, we got one. And then at the regional level, when I made the regional team, we got one and same with the national pool. And I think what was um, 
for me, I wanted to use those evals as like motivation, um, but I tended to be a player who focused on the negative all the time. So I would take those evals and there was like four of them, like ever. And I put them up next to my bed thinking, okay, if I reread these, that would motivate me to get better. But what I think it ended up doing was um, kind of me focused on the critical side and not the strength side, like what I need to work on rather than what I'm good at. And I just put all my eggs into this person's basket. And I don't know if she's listening because I do love her, but Amy Griffin at the time, who's now like the head of the Girls Academy, um, at, and she's very involved with the OL Reign, was my regional coach. She was a former World Cup winner in 1991 and an amazing goalkeeper. But I put all my eggs into like whatever she said, that basket. And she'd watched me play probably a total of 40 minutes over a week's time in Laramie, Wyoming at a regional camp. And I thought whatever she said was the end all be all. And I really wish that in hindsight that I would have realized that that was a snapshot of what she saw on any given day and that that's not representative of who I am as a player. And I would put those up next to my bed thinking that's what I need to work on when really like I knew deep down there were a lot of other things I needed to work on, or I knew deep down that maybe some of the things that she wrote on there, I could have been better at. Um, and so when I got to college, I think I, I learned that um, I knew slowly, I was self-aware enough to know that um, I didn't like hearing negative feedback. And I knew enough that I focused too much on it. So by the time I got to college, my head coach would give me critical feedback often, and I would get really down on myself because of it. And so my assistant coach was the first time where she would start to uh, sugarcoat some of those things and just reword them in a way where it didn't feel so negative. And I actually learned that I responded better to that. And so, but again, I would take her evals, their exit interviews, uh, and kind of latch onto that a lot, almost too much as well. And I didn't put enough stock into what I believed myself. Um, you know, I would take what my parents said, what my coaches said, and that's all that mattered. I didn't think enough about what I thought of myself as a player. Um, and so when I interpret feedback to this day, I have to always take what I hear and then also remember what I know about myself. And I think that's a really important thing that players don't often do. And I think at female footballers, that's what we're trying to teach is even if you're 10 or 11, you are capable of becoming self-aware enough to know um, what you feel good at and what you need to work on. Um, developmentally as people, we're at, at that age, we are starting to have those abilities. And so um, kind of going back to what you guys all said, you know, taking that information and applying it. Tell me a little bit about how you applied um, what you were taught. Uh, did you, you know, going into the new year, a lot of people are talking about goal setting, habits, all of that. Did you take that feedback and really use it as setting goals? Did you kind of dismiss it? Did you um, hyper-focus on it like I did? Uh, just want to know, so go ahead. And I won't call on you, just chime in whenever. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I can answer that. Oh, I'm echoing a little bit. Um, so I, I chewed on it when I was younger. When I was younger, I definitely chewed on information that I was given from outsources. I think as I've gotten older, I've learned how to process things on my own. And I take time daily to process, to recognize the things uh, that I need to work on as a player now, as a beach soccer player. 
And I think now when I get feedback, it's not so surprising because a lot of the information is very similar. Um, as I work individually on my own process, um, it's more detailed and the process is, um, is more unique to myself instead of getting feedback that's more general from somebody. Um, but I think that it builds confidence in knowing the things that you need to work on and knowing that you're human um, and knowing that it's, it's a growth process, it's a growth mindset. Um, and then that makes it easier to get feedback and it makes me more motivated to take that feedback and run with it. Yeah, kind of adding to that, um, I'm a chronic overthinker, which has its benefits in some areas, but it also um, makes me overly critical of myself. And I think at a young age, I focused a lot on the weaknesses and I'll credit John Lipsitz for this, who is um, one of the Cal coaches my last year. And he told me this advice after I graduated. So I wish I had learned it sooner, but in feedback and your game, making your weaknesses not noticeable, working on them enough so that they're not a problem anymore, but really putting your time and energy into those positive things that are on our evaluation. What are you really good at and become the best at that and make it so good that people don't, can't not see it, that it's just, you're the best. And I think that's something, at least in the recruiting process, like for me, I was naturally left-footed and I could bend the ball really well. And that was something that stood out to college coaches. And now thinking back on it, it's like, okay, that was one thing that stood out that they really liked. And if I had known earlier, I could have continued to build and work on the things I was really good at so that they um, stood out. So I think that's a piece of advice that at least I've kind of shifted the way I approach training and approach, approach things in my life is to become a specialist. Um, in things and become super good at what I'm good at. And of course you need to work on your weaknesses because that makes you an overall better player or human or whatever you're doing. But dwelling on those weaknesses, you're most likely never going to get those weak points up to where it's the best part of your game, but you can become a more um, well-rounded player by focusing a little bit on those and then really specializing in your craft. Yeah, and I, I mean, it sounds very similar to kind of the, what I wish I would have done Hills is, you know, having that self-awareness of what you're good at is like step one for me is, right. you know, before you get these evals or these, this feedback from anyone, you know, what are, what do you personally think you're good at? Maybe you can ask a couple teammates if you have that relationship with them, you know, and start writing down things that are your game. Um, this is what I'm good at. I'm good at my, my left foot. I'm good at crossing. And, you know, then once you get the feedback, maybe kind of compare the two, you know, you have these two pieces of paper in front of you. One is your own evaluation of yourself. And one is the evaluation that you just got. And maybe you circle things from the eval that you feel are important to focus on for yourself. And then the rest of it, you go, you shred it. You go that like, that's my eval that I got from someone. There's three or four things that I fundamentally agree on. There's a couple of things that maybe I don't, you know, and I don't need to focus on right now. And then it gives you like this positive, you know, if you do it on a computer or a piece of paper, it just gives you this positive, um, you know, feedback of yourself. So that's something that, you know, I kind of was gonna, it's, it's interesting that you say that because I never had that, um, like I just never put down on paper 
what I was good at because I wasn't really ever forced to. Um, I just kind of went along with whatever people were giving me and shoving in front of my face. So it's interesting. I I was going to say, I think it's a good reflection tool. I was actually going to bring that up, like actually creating your own evaluation of yourself, good and bad before you go in to like recognize, okay, do I see myself clearly versus other people may, and also saying like, even if theirs is completely different, maybe it's like, okay, maybe we're not on the same page, but that doesn't mean mine is wrong. Like maybe I just need to kind of reshift or they need to reshift. And maybe that's a conversation, but I think that's something you could do going in outside of um, soccer as well. When you go into a job evaluation in your professional career and stuff like that, kind of increasing that self-awareness in every area of your life, it's kind of a good pop quiz or a good tool that you can use to compare against what other people are recognizing. Hey, right. recognizing that it is a tool. It's not the end all. Mm-hmm. It is a tool sure. to help you. Uh, essentially, that's what an evaluation is. But it doesn't mean that that is defined as who you are as a person or a player. I really yeah, and I was, that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, speaking of tools, I also just kind of want to bring up, you know, evaluate what feedback you're getting comparative to what you just did so for example you know if you're with a coach for a year it's going to be a lot different in terms of feedback if if it's you know a college showcase or a regional id camp like take a look at the time this is for anyone that's listening you know as a player take a look at the time that you've spent with this person giving you the feedback you know because i'll tell you right now the feedback that you're going to get from your club coach is going to be extremely detailed, or you at least hope that it would be extremely detailed. And they're going to know you as a, as a player, they've watched you play for hours and hours and hours. And kind of like what you were saying, Cass, you know, you have this 40 minute evaluation period as a coach in Laramie, Wyoming, and sometimes you're going to miss certain aspects of the game. And so just really like as a player, take, you know, take into, take with a grain of salt basically is, what feedback you're getting because sometimes these college showcases maybe they're a day or um you know maybe they're a couple days and a lot of these coaches have so many evals to do it can get tough you know and you know coaches are humans too and it's um you know a lot of them might be in beginning of their coaching journey some of them might be at the end you know you just really never know what you're getting so just really evaluating the feedback that you are getting and how much you're gonna basically you know, trust it. I don't know if trust is the right word. I don't know if you guys have a better word for that, but. No, I think that's very true though. I think if I would have listened, putting all your stock in somebody who's watched you perform in a minimal amount is not as accurate as, as a coach that's been with you for a long time. And I think you do have to take that into account. I wouldn't say it's not trusting that that like yeah. Griffin was right on a lot of the things that she wrote on my thing mm-hmm. but I really wish I would have gone at that time my club coach didn't do like player evals and so I really wish I would have gone and asked more often like what do you see do or do you see this and and kind of asking and then thinking to myself like do I see this one of the things that she wrote on there was like Cassie tends to uh drift in and out of play sometimes where I was a little inconsistent you know, I'd show up at one point and give it my all. And then the next play, like I wasn't there all the time. And now going back, like my college coaches said that, like there was, there was stuff, but I never put it all together. And so Haley, your idea of doing your own player evaluation, or even after getting an evaluation, 
writing down what your thoughts of are about it and putting those on the wall rather than putting somebody else's opinion of you up on your wall um taking what you all the feedback from all the different places and writing it yourself even afterwards including your own and others and putting in a way you know where it makes sense to you and then if that motivates you put it up if it doesn't motivate you don't put it up either because i think i learned quickly after that other people's opinions i let that motivate me too much or try to motivate me too much and i think your guys's generation um like i said you were given a, a player evaluation at a fairly young age and today girls as young as six are playing comp soccer they're getting player evals in these high level clubs at six now if i as a teacher because i always equate it to ed education we don't really have kids sit in teacher parent conferences in elementary school you don't ever really get your own self-evaluation until maybe after 11 but even then there's no player or there's no teacher parent conferences at the uh, middle school and high school level so kids are very rarely having to self-reflect um at a young age and and i think there's two there's goods and bads of that one i think kids are 100 percent capable of hearing that feedback and they benefit from learning about themselves at a younger age and learning these skills that we're talking about interpreting and internalizing feedback they're capable of it and they need to do it however i think that the way that the, the system does it for small children isn't necessarily benefiting them all the time because we're not giving them mental skills on how to internalize and interpret it so and and i think we rely on families to do that but every family is different. That's the same as why I teach social emotional learning and teaching, because at home, not all children are getting social emotional learning at home. So it's now on the educator, right? Like we're putting a lot on coaches to have to do all of that, but they're not given the tools on how to navigate that either. So it's a system issue too, but I do think kids are capable. It's important that they learn to self-reflect at a younger age to better themselves, to take accountability at younger ages. However, if we're not giving them the tools, then we are gonna create, and I think we have created a lot of young girls who are overly critical of themselves, who don't know how to take in this feedback in a, in the, a way that's going to be a positive way, you know? And so I think it's, it's tricky. And I know I always go into like, what's wrong with the system? I don't mean to be negative in that regard, but I think this is why places like what we do are really important. You know, there needs to be more, education for coaches and parents and players on how to navigate this kind of stuff right well and i think it it is a process like being able to process it so you're onto something cassie in the space of the more young minds get to process this type of information the better and the i like what i see is different than what you see or Haley or rachel so as a coach like the feedback that I'm giving a player might be different because I might be looking for something different within the realm of what I'm looking for. And so I think it's important to not be afraid of feedback, to be open to it, to ask for it. But as you said, process it, like finding space, taking time with it, recognizing your foundation as a player, as a person, and then being able to take in the information that you think will be beneficial to you. I think also approaching, sorry, no. approaching feedback is it's kind of a lifelong learning process. Like if you approach soccer and your sport as I want to keep getting better at this, I want to keep learning and more part of that is being open to feedback and being a bit vulnerable to ask others their opinion. 
Um, and especially with your head coach, if you have a good relationship, that open line of communication always so that you're not just getting numbers back. You're actually having a conversation and able to ask questions and kind of quickly tying back to the evaluation from a camp where it's 40 minutes. And most of the time when you're being evaluated at that age and even into college and professional, consistency is a big issue um, in the sport where 40 minutes could be really great or not so great. And it's not a true depiction of who you are. So taking that player evaluation to your head coach and saying, hey, I was at this camp. This is what they saw. Let's talk about it. And I think the more you talk about feedback, whether that's positive or critical, I think a good mix is helpful. I know we talk about a little bit more positive with a bit of critical kind of makes it easier to digest. Um, the more we're able to talk about feedback, the easier it is to receive it. And I think the more receptive players become to wanting to continue that growth and learning process. And I, I also think it's a lesson for coaches giving feedback. Like the idea of a coach is to help these players gain the information you're giving. So really working to try to, to give the information in a way where it can be heard um, and taking a little bit of time of, of thinking of, of the process of doing that. Um, I think in that space, then we might be able to meet in the middle because ultimately we're trying to, to build these players up. I also am curious what your guys' thoughts are. So my son recently had his player evaluation and the coach requested that the parent be present. And I personally, as a parent, like loved that because I think I look at it as the same, again, as teaching. It's like, if I do do student-led conferences, like I want everyone on this team, we're all here to help this child. Everyone needs to hear the same message. Um, but I sometimes think that coaches, and I think the older you get, the less they involve the parent because they're like, you know, there's always this like back and forth between parents and coaches. And I think that unfortunately that's sad because the parent is part of that team. Like when, when you look at the player, the parent and the coach are the two other players here that are gonna help that, that kid. And it's like, they all need to hear the same messages and be on the same team. And I understand from a coach's perspective how difficult parents can be sometimes, but maybe it's, you're not allowed to talk in this meeting, but we'd love to have you present and listen to it. Um, or you record it and you let the parent listen to it later so that it is private between that. But I, I, as a teacher, I think so many times how beneficial it would be if a parent was in the classroom to see what I see with that kid. And I'm always like, parents are welcome, then COVID hit and I'm not allowed in. You know, it's like, I think that's helpful. And I, and, and I get, from a coach, I think this is a controversial topic because I think a lot of coaches are gonna be like, hell no, I don't want parents watching every session and sitting on the sideline because when they are pushy like that, they can be too involved, right? And I, and I think it's a tricky stance, but I think when it comes to evaluation, it's, it's, I don't know. I know I'm opening up a can right now that is tricky, but I do think that the ultimate goal is to have everybody be on the page of let's all, let's all be here for this player and let's all make sure that we share in each other's messages and that we're a team of people to help this player. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Um, well, I, as a coach, I feel like it's, it starts with your intention for each player, like what you're trying to give them as a player. And I think uh, communicating with parents is really important and making sure that you have constant communication with parents about what you're trying to accomplish as a team and for their player individually is important. But I think you also have to look at what you're trying to accomplish for the player 
And if your parent is always with you, then you're not able to really advocate for yourself as an individual. And so for me, I like to have space and time that's um, authentic with my players individually and as a team, because they get to speak very freely. And I think that's really, really important. So having parents on the same page, absolutely. I think what it takes is it takes more time and effort and work to create relationships with everyone involved. Um, so that player, that parents know what information to share and delegate to their parents or to their players at home. Um, but I think that individual space for a coach and a player to communicate is really important. What do you guys think of um, having you know, your player eval? Oh God, sorry, my dog just walked in the room. Having a player eval and then having a parent uh, meeting after separately. I think having group parent meetings is awesome. I think when you have meetings where you're sharing information with, um, with the group as a whole, with what you're trying to accomplish as a coach is awesome for parents to be involved in. Because a lot of the time parents haven't played the game as we have. Um, and so they don't know, they, they're, they're running by, blindly in the process of trying to help their kid and give them what they need, but they don't know what the process actually is and what the details are, what you're looking for. So I think group meetings, um, monthly, bi-monthly is, is great. I think spending time communicating on the sidelines, you know, before games or after games is awesome. Um, but I don't know if it needs to be so individual for them, personally. Totally. No, it's such an interesting topic. And the one thing you, you kept saying, Kara, that I keep coming back to is process. And I think... Um, it's a multiple meaning word in the sense where you're, you might be talking about how you need to process things internally. I also think of the process in all of this and how um, taking feedback as a player um, and applying it, a lot of the time we apply it to the outcome that we want. We don't apply it to the process that it's going to take or the action plan might be a different word than process. We go to the ultimate goal like, okay, I need to, my coach wrote that I, you know, I need to improve on my crosses or something like that. So the ultimate goal would be, you know, I need to get this many assists off a cross or whatever. And really it should be like, what small things can I do throughout this process to get better at that? So what small habits can I change? What amount of time can I put each week into practicing this after practice or things like that, you know? And I think a lot of the time, we take the feedback and we apply it to the ultimate goal outcome. And it's like too big and we don't know how to get there. And um, I don't know, Do you, did you guys ever apply it to small, small things in your life when you would get that feedback? I would try to find things in like individual sessions I could work on my own um, to apply it. So yeah, I, I would take the feedback I'm trying to, I can't remember what some specific ones were when I was in the younger part of my career. Um, but yeah, like small actions that really made a difference. Um, one would be maybe making sure in passing drills that I'm playing the ball to the foot, the specific foot or whatever of my teammate, like very small detailed things that don't seem like they're very important when you look at the game of soccer, but they make a large difference. So I think 
being very specific is important in that opposed to I want to get better at this in general, like making a plan of what that actually takes and dedicating the time to work on those things. Um, not only will help you see real results, but I think makes you, like we said, more self-aware, more specific and diligent. Absolutely. And if there aren't further thoughts on this, I'll give you a second to have further thoughts. I think that's a perfect segue into do you guys have any other thoughts, Kira or Rachel? I think that's a perfect segue into this month for us at Female Footballers. Uh, this month, January, is our, uh, kind of a theme for us is that idea of goal setting. But instead of looking at that major goal that you want to accomplish, it's, it's starting to put time and effort into creating or uh, changing or working on those small habits that will get you there, that action plan. Um, and so we, this month, have um, our upcoming clinic on January 30th at the Park San Jose, if you're local into the Bay Area or Northern California, uh, we invite you to come. Registration is open now. Um, we really would love for you to come to this clinic. Uh, we're going to be focusing on how to set those action plans, how to focus on those small habits, how to take what you might feel about yourself and apply it in a positive direction for the new year. Um, we also are going to be uh, focusing on that whole idea of goal setting in our college community with an upcoming meeting soon on this idea as well. So we invite collegiate players to come and listen on that and stay tuned and look on our social platforms for the upcoming dates and times for that. Um, any other thoughts, you guys, before we wrap this up? I really appreciate um, your thoughts on all of this. I think if you're a player and you've had, um, you know, a a player eval or you've had a team meeting or a player meeting or an exit interview, whatever it might be, and you're struggling, reach out to us. We have um, an also an upcoming mindset mentor journal uh, that's gonna be opening soon this month as well, where you will get to work for 12 weeks on mental skills and you will get to pair with a uh, professional um, mentor and player and get to talk about it, so. Um, any other thoughts? Any things you guys want to say? Focus on the positives, pull those things out and work on those just as much, if not more than the critical feedback. Remember, it's a journey. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thank you guys so much for your time today. We are excited for 2022 and everything that it has in store. And we look forward to you listeners coming back um, as often as possible and listening to these podcasts. If there's something you're interested in listening to, topics, please email us, uh, Cassie at femalefootballers.org or any of the, uh, the mentors and their emails. Um, and thank you so much. We, we love to have these conversations and we love that we have people listening to them. All right, without further ado, we'll, we'll see you at the next one. Thanks so much.